Food is fuel for your body, your mind, and definitely your sport. But let's face it, nutrition is confusing and the expectations on girls and women to be thin and have a six pack are exhausting. If you've ever been frustrated with your body, confused about nutrition, obsessed with eating healthy or guilty when you don't, underate, overate, or overtrained and overwhelmed with all the pressure, then this podcast is for you. Nutrition can be easy. You can take control of it, but it might start with letting go of control by asking for help and making a change. I'm Lindsay Elizabeth Cortez, sports dietitian and owner of Rise Up Nutrition, where I empower female athletes to overcome nutrition concerns and perform at their highest level to stop being confused by all the mixed or harmful messages and finally have confidence in your body as a fierce, fit, and fueled female athlete. All right. Hi, fans. Today, I am joined by another Lindsay, who is a recent client of mine here at Rise Up Nutrition. She is a collegiate cross-country and track runner who began working with me and our lead nutrition success coach, Jenna, at the really at the beginning of your school year, at the re- at the beginning of Lindsay's freshman year of college. And when she joined us, she was struggling with food for well over a year, probably going on two years. So we'll get into that and kind of what she was struggling with and what brought her to Rise Up Nutrition and just kind of hear her story. And Lindsay, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, I know. It's, it's always exciting when clients are willing to share their story, not only of what working together looked like, but just, you know, your entire journey with food and body and training, because so many people can resonate with you and having like just gone through it more recently. And Lindsay, that's probably a good place to start because I think a lot of people will relate to your story being that your issues with food, which we'll dig into, but they kind of started around the height of the pandemic right? Basically, when lockdown happened, you found yourself kind of becoming obsessive about food and your training. And obviously, this didn't end in positive things for you. So can you share a little bit about just kind of what happened when the pandemic of COVID-19, like, canceled your track season, you know, had you staying home from school, what kind of happened with your relationship with food food at that time? So, my junior year track season, I started to kind of ramp up my training. I started kind of getting into just like harder workouts, training with faster girls. And I was super excited. And then I had a really good track meet, like right at the beginning of March, right before everything shut down. And then, yeah. And then it was just all kind of taken from me and it sucked. And I didn't really know how to cope and being kind of the type A, super driven, routine oriented person I am, which I bet a lot of other female athletes can relate to. I decided to take things into my own hands and kind of develop my own training plan and run with my friends. So that kind of spiraled a bit. I remember kind of the first week of COVID, I hit my very first 60 mile week because I had so much time and I was able to go on multiple runs a day and being outside with my friends was the only time I could see them because we were all in lockdown. So it was just like run after run after run and going on walks and doing these things kind of made me feel like I was being productive in a time where I 
didn't feel like I had much to be living for, things coming up that were exciting. So controlling my exercise and controlling what I was eating just made life feel like there was a purpose. But those those little routines didn't really give me long time satisfaction, which is why I kept building up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for your honesty about that. Because like you said, it's like, well, it did feel good for a little bit. I felt accomplished. I had a purpose and it really gave you something to focus on and something you were proud of in the short term. Like hitting your first 60 mile week was probably thrilling that week. You know, you probably felt super excited about it. And it's like, it's kind of one of those things too. I think a lot of us have been there as athletes where that kind of is the dream life. If that's all you can do is like wake up, run, eat, sleep, repeat, like, that's like, you know, and that's maybe the life of a pro athlete, which is something many of us might be striving for even. So it's kind of like, oh man, I want to do that. And it can be fun for a little bit of time. And so I'm curious to know for you, Lindsay, like when did it become a problem and what were some of the red flags for you that this is not good? I think I didn't see a problem with it at all until my good friend kind of reached out because at the time I had created a little food Instagram with all my runner nutritious foods that were not enough food that I needed to be eating for the amount of activity I was doing. And she had kind of been down that road with exercise addiction and eating disorders before. And she reached out and she said, Lindsay, like, I don't think this Instagram is healthy. I think you're comparing what you eat too much. And I kind of agreed. I said, yeah, you know, this isn't good. And I had also probably lost like 15 pounds in maybe like two months-ish, like May of 2020. And I think she had noticed that as well and was concerned because she knew the science. So that was the first person that kind of reached out. But then of course, around this time, I was running really well. A few of my guide teammates paced me through this really big three-mile PR, and I was psyched about it. So even though she was kind of telling me that maybe this isn't the healthiest, that feeling and that satisfaction of running super fast took over any concern I had about how I was treating my body. And in a time where nothing was really gratifying, every day felt the same. Being able to run that PR was just like so, so fun for me and made me so happy. And then that kind of just fed into wanting to get faster and faster and train harder and harder because nothing else made me feel like that in that time over the summer. I want to pause for a moment, Lindsay, if I can. No, no, you go. Yeah, I want to pause for a moment and just say, wow, and thanks to your friend (laughs) for speaking up, right? Because I think... A lot of people are scared to speak up when they see someone going down a bad path or like noticing weight loss. It's like, how do you say something, you know, and, and it can be really difficult. And a lot of times, like you even said, you, you really weren't having it. You're like, eh, like maybe I agree, but I'm not ready to really face this just yet. But thank goodness that she did say something because it planted a seed in your head. Even if you weren't ready for it at that time, it planted the seed in your head that maybe this isn't the healthiest thing. And so, which we'll get to, but when eventually you did come to terms with like, yeah, this isn't good, you know, you were already one step ahead of the game because you had that support and that love of a friend, right? Who was willing to say something. So I just think that's so powerful and so amazing of her that she reached out, spoke up. And I want to encourage listeners to do the same, even if it's not received well, right? Like even if people become defensive and we never want to be like 
rude and just be like pointing fingers like, Lindsay, you have a problem, but just be like, you know, hey, I've noticed this and are you okay? You know, and and that really planted a seed for you if that was the first time that kind of you were thinking, ooh, maybe this isn't the healthiest thing. It did plant a seed, definitely. And I trust that friend a lot. And so now that I'm in a much better place, we can kind of talk more openly about both of our journeys. And it's really, really nice. So even if it's not taking well the time, I definitely think reaching out to a friend is really, really important. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. So so that was kind of your first red flag, I suppose, was that a friend like said something to you, but you were still on your running high and seeing your performance improve, right? So so continue, I guess, with what were some of the other red flags then that made you then realize things are going downhill? I think that summer was just terrible for me. I went on a vacation with my family at the beginning of June to go look at colleges on the East Coast. Even though I couldn't tour them, we were just walking around. And I just remember feeling miserable the whole time. Just like, I remember feeling extremely hungry all the time, yelling at my parents, just not in a good place. And then this kind of persisted throughout the whole summer. I tried to get a therapist at the end of the summer because I was just, I was just very, very much struggling with my mental health. And I reached out to my parents, but at the time, I hadn't quite recognized that this is because I was suffering from like eating disorder thoughts, not just like, I don't know, just feeling like depressed. And so my therapist wasn't really quite helping because I wasn't really able to tell her that I had all these obsessive thoughts about food and exercise because I didn't really think it was real. I didn't think I had an eating disorder, which I think is common for a lot of girls struggling, like the denial phase. So the therapist didn't really help and I stopped seeing her after a while. But yeah, so then I went into my senior year completely on Zoom. And as you can imagine, it was tough because I was alone. So easy to self-isolate. So much time to run because classes online are very challenging. And luckily for me, I had already kind of gotten into college because I was recruited from Colby. So I didn't really have to worry about college apps either. And it was just kind of me alone, able to see my running friends and that's it. And we did a few time trials and I was doing really well, but I was not happy, obviously, at all. All I thought about was food and running. And I didn't really hang out with friends because like eating and running were my hobbies pretty much. Yeah. Like, Nothing else made me happy. Nothing else gave me a sense of purpose, which is just so messed up because there's so much more to life than those two things. And I was just stuck in the cycle where I couldn't, I couldn't see beyond that. I couldn't see that there was more. And I finally actually got some races February of my senior year. We did a little fake cross country league meet stuff, like only 20 kids in the races. And we wore masks on our chins during the races and I was super psyched because I won all three of them and I had never really been winning my junior year but because of you know how much I had been training and how much I had been working I just like effortlessly won all these races which was completely new and super fun for me but you know after those races I'd go home to my parents and yell at them and then eat food for like two hours slowly and go to bed and not do anything else. Like it was not worth it. I was not having fun. Yeah. And and so to, to stop and because it's such a toss up, you know, as 
as a really competitive athlete and runner that you are, and a lot of listeners are and want to be, it's like, it's sometimes hard because it's like, but Lindsay, but you were performing well, you were like, you know, racing your best, you were winning, but like you literally just said, but it wasn't even worth it because everything else you were so unhappy with, which is, I think, really hard for people to admit or come to terms with. Yeah, yeah. And it's scary because there is now some pressure on me to keep performing well because I had been the fastest girl on my team and I received excellent feedback from my coach and I love my coach so much, but I don't think he quite realized the amount of pressure I put on myself and how much running was taking over my life. And so it just got very toxic and I was not happy. And then around April, I went on a ski trip with my family. And I just remember that was kind of the breaking point for me. I just didn't have any energy to ski. I was miserable. I wanted to go home. My digestion was super messed up. Um, Yeah, a little bit of a TMI, but just like I could not stop going to the bathroom. And my mom was like, that's not normal, because she's a doctor. And I, uh, yeah, it's really not normal. There might be something wrong with my body. And the same friend that I was talking about earlier told me to reach out to our school psychologist. And I kind of sent her this long email about how I just didn't even see much of a purpose to life because I was just like sad and had nothing fun to look forward to. And she reached back, she reached out to me quickly after and set up an appointment. And I think that kind of kickstarted my recovery journey just because it took it took that long to realize how sad I was yeah but like if I hadn't reached out to Miss Prime I don't know if I would have found my current therapist and I don't know if I would have found Rise Up so that was super super important for me to do yeah you know what I keep hearing from you over and over again Lindsay is finding purpose really that and that running And food, even though that gave you a purpose for a short amount of time when we were isolated because of COVID, school shut down, all that, it gave you a little bit of purpose, but in the long run, it wasn't enough. Yeah. (laughs) Running pun intended. In the long run, (laughs) it wasn't enough that there is more to life than just running and eating. And after a year of that being your only thing that you had going well for you, kind of running and and focusing on your eating, it was like, but I'm still not happy. There's got to be more to life than this. And as you know, we'll fast forward really quickly. I think you're in a much better place now. So you found that, (laughs) which is really good. But it's like, just knowing that And then picking up on the other little signs of like, okay, digestion is bad. My health is declining, you know, and that remembering too, that health is physical health. It's, you know, athletic performance health, but it's also that social health, that relationship health, that family life health, and that's, and mental health that was really declining for you. And it's wonderful too. There's so many different avenues people can take when they're struggling with things like this. And it's wonderful that I think you you recognized early on that mental health was a concern. So you sought the help of a psychologist. It did not work at first, wasn't a great fit, but if at first you don't succeed, brush yourself off and try again, right? So you found another therapist or psychologist to help you. It's like, you know, sometimes it's just about the right fit and sometimes it's also about you being a little more ready for it 
you know, so maybe since more time had passed, your mind was a little more understanding of what you were going through, what you really needed to be honest about with too. So finding that, that second psychologist that you did open the door for you to really address kind of what was going on and kind of really come to terms with, Hey, this is disordered eating that I'm dealing with, which you a year prior weren't ready to admit. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It just took so much time to realize that, oh my gosh, what I have is not just sadness. Like this is something to do with disordered eating. And I think my school psychologist kind of helped me with that and finally gave me the courage to sit my parents down and be like, I think I want to try therapy again, but I need someone that specializes in disordered eating. And my parents reciprocated and my mom found me a great therapist who does does specialize in eating disorders, especially with athletes. And I started seeing her maybe in like April or May and she's amazing. Like that is exactly what I needed. And I'm so, so, so grateful for her because I don't think, I would have been able to dive in to rise up without having a shifted mindset because the work I did with her kind of made me ready to work with you and Jenna. When you would challenge me, I was now able to complete those challenges. And then because of rise up, I was ready to go to college and being, be in a whole new environment and a whole new dining hall. So those three things definitely kickstarted my recovery. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to ask you is like the difference. Obviously, me and Jenna are dietitians. We're not therapists. And I wanted to kind of get your perspective of the difference of working with a therapist and then joining us to address the nutrition side of things. So you kind of just summarize that the therapist really helped prep you for making the nutrition changes that you needed. Exactly. Yeah. So she definitely helped me realize that a lot of my thinking was irrational and she kind of helped me recognize how powerful that body dysmorphia can be. She helped me realize that I'm more than just a runner and all these thoughts kind of helped me come to you guys and realize that my life has a lot more value than how I was treating myself. And then working with Rise Up definitely helped me as someone who's very into science and very, as I was saying, type A, routine oriented. And you really showed me how much fuel my body needs. You gave me those nutrient analysis graphs. And that was so great for me because I could see like, oh, I need to be here to be healthy. Like I can do it. And I just love seeing that. And all three of you, you, Jenna, and my therapist, I kind of can talk to like friends, which helped a lot. It didn't feel like you guys were looking down on me, it felt like we were equals and you were just giving me great advice. And it just felt like a very comfortable, safe space, which helped as well, because I could share my struggles because there were obviously a lot, but I could continue pushing, even though it was hard because you guys were there. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I'm so happy and and glad to hear that. It's definitely our our goal for sure to make sure that we're, you know, side by side with you throughout this process to make it as as easy and comfortable as as possible, because it can be so hard and it can be challenging. But, you know, I've been there. Jenna's been there. We've, We've been through it ourselves. So we know, you know, what it's like to be in your shoes. And we're just so grateful to be able to coach you through it. And I love what you said, too, of how you know, with your personality type that 
working with a therapist help you kind of like almost like peel back the layers of the onion to like kind of expose what was going on, what's the root issues here, so that when you joined us at Rise of Nutrition, you were ready to take action. And that's something that we encourage for all of our clients is to be coachable. You know, as athletes, if you have a, you know, for you, a your track coach, your cross-country coach, it's like they give you a workout, you're going to do it, right? Or at least put forth your best effort in order to get it done and communicate with your coach on doing it. And it's like the same thing with your nutrition is if we're giving you advice, guidance, feedback on what you need with your nutrition, we want you to be coachable and actually take action to do it. And so Lindsay is one of our clients that was in our fast track, which is the female athlete system of transformation. It is the fast track to overcoming disordered eating. So many people struggle with this for so long. You did for almost two years. You worked months with a therapist for a while. And then we uh, worked with you for a short and sweet 12 weeks. And it does not mean that everything will be sunshine and rainbows, you know, on week 12 in one day, but it's like, we're able to overcome your major obstacles because you are coachable. You're coming into it saying, I'm ready for this change and I'm willing to do it. And that's where me and Jenna were able to kind of challenge you and show you, like you said, this is what you need and this is how you're going to get there and able to support and coach you throughout that. So I'd love to hear from you, Lindsay, just your experience in the fast track. You know, what I'm going to ask you a a curveball question you might not be prepared for, but uh, what was the hardest part about doing this program? I think the hardest part for me was breaking my routine because at the time where I started Rise Up, as you can remember, I was in a hard set routine down to the minute of when I wanted to eat, when I wanted to work out. When I had a snack, like it was just so hardwired and it wasn't intuitive. It wasn't listening to my body. It was not healthy. And when I first started meeting with you and Jenna, you started telling me, oh, you should add this blank to this meal. You should have a snack, a pre-workout snack when I was so used to just getting up and running on an empty stomach and just rewiring my mindset to know that eating is not supposed to be a regimented routine. You need to listen to your body to fully feel good, feel energized and be able to crush your workouts. These things took time. It took time to convince my brain that it is okay to eat when you're hungry, even if it's not quite lunchtime or even if it's 2 a.m. and you wake up and you're hungry, which is a consequence I'm having to deal with right now after not taking care of my body for a while, which is breaking free of my controlling routine was the biggest win for me. Yeah. So it was the hardest part. But as you just said, too, it's also the biggest win, something you're probably most proud of doing, because when you do that, that that's what opens the doors for you to actually nourish your body, to fuel your body, to have energized runs, to not be so cranky and hangry all the time. And also not, you know, when you were so regimented, one of the reasons that you were so unhappy too, is like you were, you were literally hungry and always thinking about food because it was like, if you were hungry at 11, but you weren't allowing yourself to eat lunch until 12, then for the next hour, you were obsessing and thinking about food and angry about it. And now it's like, okay, well, by breaking that routine and just eating at 11, now I have an hour of my life back and where you can go find that purpose again, you know, go 
read a book or talk to a friend or hang out with mom or study or do anything else that gave you purpose back in your life, which is something that you felt like you were missing, right? Yeah, exactly. So the hardest part, but also probably your biggest accomplishment because it then opened the door for really nourishing your body and finding purpose in life again. Definitely, definitely. I thought that I would have purpose if I was waiting to eat my meals or if I ran X amount of miles. But the truth is, I can't even remember all those months of living in that strict cycle versus just these past three months where I found much more freedom with food in college. I have so many memories, so many funny stories, like so many laughing fits. And I can remember every day. I can remember all my classes. I can remember jokes I made with my friends. It's it's just insane. Like that is real purpose. That is what I was missing when I thought my purpose was just to run. And I thought I was only a runner and not a human being. Oh, Lindsay, you're going to make me cry. (laughs) It's true. For real. Like it's it's happening. (laughs) It's true. Like these three months have been like, I couldn't, I was not prepared for how much fun I was going to have. And I'm so, so happy. Hey fans, I hope you are enjoying this conversation so far and we'll be back to it in just a moment. But first, I want to pause and let you know that this episode is brought to you by the Female Athlete System of Transformation, aka the fast track to overcome disordered eating and use food as fuel to perform at your highest level. The Female Athlete System of Transformation is my unique program and proven systems to guide female athletes to understanding and implementing the proper nutrition for their sport, life, and health. Myself and my team of registered sports dietitians work one-on-one with clients to address their unique needs and counsel them through the nutritional and behavioral changes needed. Many female athletes who resonate with disordered eating, mental guilt around food and body, relative energy deficiency in sport or female athlete triad, amenorrhea, repeat injuries due to negligent nutrition, or frankly, just a lack of knowledge and understanding on their fueling needs have seen incredible success in the fast track. After years of working as a sports RD, I've compiled the most effective ways for female athletes to learn nutrition, be supported, be challenged, and ultimately find their success with fueling as fast as possible. So don't wait another day. Get to your goals faster by joining the Female Athlete System of Transformation. Look in the show notes or head to the website to book a free call and learn more. Okay, now let's get you back to the conversation. Enjoy. It's so awesome because like I said in the, in the beginning of, of pressing record on this is like this was your freshman year of college and that should be a fun time. It really should be. And it so easily could have gone the other way. You know, there's a lot of people who really struggle freshman year of college. Not to say you didn't struggle at all. Like I'm sure classes were hard and all that. But like, um, but yeah, it, it's also such an exciting time. So for you to take on this challenge of getting the therapy you needed, joining Rise Up Nutrition and saying, I need to make this change because I want to make sure that college, I am creating those amazing memories and making friends and feeling comfortable in the dining hall. And you were able to to do that and move forward with your life instead of being stuck in this 
routine and cycle of just eating and running, eating and running that wasn't giving you fulfillment. So it's just, oh my gosh, I'm just thinking about my, my mind is going a mile a minute right now. And just like thinking about your future and the next four years in college and life after that. And I'm just, I'm so thrilled for you. And another thing that I want to touch on, of course, Lindsay, is that you continued to run, you know, obviously you're, you joined in college, you were recruited to run on the cross country and ta- track team. And so I'd love to hear how that first season went. It, it was a big jump going from high school athletics to college is always a big jump. And your body's going through all of these changes as yes, you nourish better, but it's also a change. And anytime we're hit with changes, we can just respond in in ways that we we can't always predict. So are you willing to share a bit about how your cross-country season went and how performance is going? Yeah, I had a bit of a rough summer because my training kind of went into July because I was able to race at nationals for track my senior year, which was awesome. But that unfortunately was on July 3rd. And I got to school late August. So that whole block of summer training was kind of messed up for me because I took a little break after track and then got back into it. So I showed up for college not quite with the base I had wanted. However, it was fine. I met my teammates and I love my teammates. They're amazing. Shout out to Claire. She is probably my number one training buddy and we always run together she pushes me in like the healthiest ways she's amazing so that went amazingly we trained and then my first race was not good my first race I remember (laughs) I remember I was leading and then halfway through I just totally pooped out but luckily I talked to Jenna about this and she told me to just kind of boost up my carbs a few days before the race and my second race went much better. (laughs) I was over the moon and it kind of went like that that season. I think it was really, really hard for me to watch my body change. Unfortunately, I know it's not natural to be looking like a prepubescent girl in college. So my rational brain was telling me, okay, this is for the best. Like I'm gaining weight. I'm getting stronger, but you know, the eating disorder voice will come back when the race pictures are posted and you're in those little racing underwear and there's just, you just look different. It's hard, of course, but I think, you know, after these races, I was always having fun with my friends and I wasn't just thinking about running in this time in my life. So like, it wouldn't bother me. I was able to keep pushing and fueling myself. I, had a tough end of the season. I think I was just tired. I didn't get much of a break after track and I had just been pushing for so long. And I had a lot of calf pain before nationals. And then unfortunately, a little bit after nationals, when I tried to start running again, I realized I had a stress fracture in my foot, which I can probably attribute to my year of underfueling and overtraining. It's catching up to me now. So right now I'm not able to run, which sucks. I recognizing now that feeling well and recovering is super important because you don't want to be in a boot with a fracture in your foot. Absolutely. So yeah, I think we would have loved to have shared the story of Lindsay joined Rise of Nutrition and had the best season of her life. But 
the truth of the matter is that when you go through uh, disordered eating, restrictive eating, not caring for your body appropriately for almost two years, like you did, sometimes that catches up to you. And this is, I think, the unfortunate story that we is so important to share and to highlight that sometimes you can be restrictive with your eating and running a ton and getting great performances like you were in high school. But it's like, in a year or two, you're going to hit burnout, you're going to hit stress fracture. And it's so unfortunate. And it's so sad. But the good news about all of this is that you're already well on the path to recovery. So of course, it's unfortunate news to hear stress fracture. But it's like, well, I'm already doing all the things that I need to do to take care of myself. And I can only go up from here. Right? I think the second thing is that it it wasn't a terrible season, Lindsay. This was your very first ever collegiate cross-country season. There's a lot of wins in there. And I think it was so great that you were working with me and Jenna during that time because not only were we addressing the disordered eating that was going on, but we were addressing your actual fueling needs as an athlete. And we were able to look at, yeah, no, what you didn't eat enough carbs on race day. Let's address that. Let's get some more in a few days before. Here's what to eat for a pre-race meal. And here are some, you know, snack ideas and what to travel with and things like that. So we were able to give you that actual kind of more like What's the term I'm looking for? Like in the moment, performance nutrition that you needed to help you through that season. And so you were able to see that improvement kind of on the spot as well, which is really awesome. So the other thing too that you mentioned, and I just like, I think it's really, I guess the word coming to mind is like mature of you is to recognize that yes, body changes are hard, but also necessary. You know, that's that mindset you took of like, even though it's hard, it's hard for anybody to go through body changes, but to recognize that I'm a college runner now, I should look like a college runner. I need muscle definition. I need strength. I need power and I need my hormones and I need to step into being a female athlete, not a child athlete, you know? And so it was really, it, that's a hard thing for people to accept, but I think you had a pretty good head on your shoulders throughout this process of recognizing that like, okay, this is hard, but I know this is the right thing. And we were happy to keep supporting you in that because it, it absolutely was the right thing. If we stay in our very adolescent body, then we also, we're going to stay on that path of performing at that level as a child athlete or, or we run up with injuries that's bound to catch up to us as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm calling this like the recovery hump. Like I, there was a time where I was underweight, but I was able to run in like the fastest races in the country, like last track season. But then, you know, gaining weight, gaining strength, body's changing. There's a bit of a hump. I'm not able to run as fast as I was in that prepubescent state, but like, and now I'm injured. But I can see this happens to a lot of athletes it's gonna, I'm gonna get back there. I just need to kind of adapt to my new body because I'm supposed to grow. Bodies are supposed to change. You know, like I'm wanna, I'm gonna wanna be a woman. I'm gonna wanna have boobs and a butt. Like I don't wanna be a, a wooden door anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's gonna be okay. I just, I'm gonna practice being patient with myself because it is frustrating. I'm gonna be very frustrating when I see, frustrated when I see my teammates running indoor track and I'm just in the pool aqua jogging (laughs) but 
you know, it's the lesson of being treating my body as I was is not sustainable. And absolutely. Yeah. It's it's a hard lesson to learn, but also it, it will help you moving forward, Lindsay, to continue to treat your body better and better and better. And also I'm going to do a, a shout out to Mel, Mel Edwards, who was on my podcast last year. I forget the number. I'll link it in the show notes. But we did a whole episode about hydro interval training and like aqua jogging. And it's amazing for you, Lindsay. So you won't lose any fitness while you're doing this. I need to listen to that because sometimes I'm thinking like, is this pointless? I've just been in the pool for an hour, like treading water. But that makes no. me feel better. No, you, uh, she actually, I'm forgetting a little bit now if it was her story or some of her clients that she's worked with, but like have done like more than 50% of their training in the pool in, instead of on the road or on the track and they just, they crush it. So you're going to crush it. Hey. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of the awkward jogging queen or whatever. <laughs> and my friends are like, we have three seasons and I'm like, me too. I have cross country aqua jogging and outdoor track but (laughs) (laughs) too funny right and it's like a what Colleen Quigley always calls herself like a mermaid when she right mermaid (laughs) yes yes so you know yes own it become a mermaid become the aqua jogging queen and uh it will absolutely help you I'm a Pisces oh perfect you know the water the water is my home (laughs) it calls to you I love it, Lindsay. And I think uh, I want to touch on to what you just said of like, maybe right now you're in the recovery hump. Because at one point in time, I remember you telling me you felt like you were stuck in like quasi recovery for a while. And so I have this nice like visual in my brain right now of like, yeah, quasi recovery. And what does it take to get out of that? You have to go through the hump. And the hump is maybe not a pleasant place to be. There's a lot of change. There's a lot of hard times. But it's like, once you get over that hump, you're going to see the other side and you're going to start seeing it. In real- and, and in so many ways you already have, like you maybe uh, physically we're dealing with injury right now, which is a struggle, but that mental side, which you touched on for the first half of this conversation was like, that was the biggest issue for you. It was like, you were not happy. You didn't, you weren't finding purpose in life. You couldn't laugh with your family and friends anymore. And like that you saw transformation right away. You know, like that was your, your biggest win, I think, in transformation of making these nutrition changes. And so I don't know if you have anything else to add to that, but just like, you know, how do you get out of quasi recovery? You have to be willing to go through that hump that you're going through too, but there's a purpose to it. Yeah. No, quasi recovery is real. I think when I first started talking to you and Jenna, I was very much deep in that. I was I was making my portions bigger. I was maybe adding a few more healthy fats and carbs to my meals, but I was still eating the same things. I was still controlling the times I ate. But, you know, once I really dove in and going to college helps with this a lot with the dining halls and being around people all the time, it's just completely different. I The first week of college, actually, we did this backpacking trip, which I never could have done in the state that I was in a year ago. It was you know, carrying all carrying all your stuff on your back, like eating a ton of trail mix, you know, sleeping outside in the cold, which used to be a big problem for me. But, you know, I was able to do it. And that weekend, someone told me that I 
had a super contagious laugh. And I used to get that compliment all the time in high school before I started having all these problems with disordered eating. And that was the first time someone had told me that again. And that's when it really hit me like, whoa, I think I'm, I think I'm on the right path. I think I'm getting better. And just that little, that little mark kind of showed me like, it's possible. I can do it. And then over the next four months until now, it's just been getting better and better. Mm -hmm. Finding yourself again. Right. I remember when you told me that of somebody made a comment about your laugh and it's like that it feels good because it's like, oh yeah, that's me. I found myself again. And and when other people start to see that too, it feels really, really good. So. Yeah. Yeah. My friends used to make fun of me because when I'd laugh, I would snort. And <laughs> it started happening again. And I'm like, hey, she's back. I love that. I love that. Lindsay is back. So uh, I can't thank you enough, Linz, for sharing your your story and your journey. And I think there's going to be a lot of people who resonate with you. So I'm curious if you have um, advice for other girls, women, female athletes, be it in high school or college that might relate to your story or be going through some of the struggles that you were with being really regimented over exercising, not finding purpose in life, feeling like that's all they have is, is running and eating, you know, what's some advice that you would give to them to help them in their journey? I would tell them to give themselves grace and that they're worth it. Because a lot of the time you end up in the cycle of pushing yourself because you think that's the only way you'll be enough and the only way you'll bring value into this world. But that's not true. You as an individual are worth it and you deserve to be happy. And that is so much more important than running PRs and being the best because that will make you happy. What makes you happy is being comfortable, is being fueled, is being energetic, is being a nice person and being generous because you're not able to focus on other people if you can't love yourself. And so to all the girls that are struggling in this horrible eating disorder running cycle, like you're worth it and you need to treat yourself like you would a best friend and give yourself some grace. Beautiful advice, Lindsay. So if you needed to hear that, just like rewind and re-listen to that like 10 times over again. It was beautifully said. <laughs> so to, to close out this episode, Lindsay, you want to do our rapid fire questions that I do at the end of every episode? Sure. <laughs> All right. I didn't need to stop calling them rapid fire because I never asked them rapid fire. But question number one, if there's one food you could eat every single day for the rest of your life and never get sick of it, what would it be? Well, my favorite food is definitely sushi, but I think that I could get sick of sushi just because it's a lot sometimes. So I'm going to have to go with yogurt because I do eat yogurt every day and I love yogurt. Like I'm the yogurt queen, (laughs) specifically vanilla yogurt. I love it with fruit. I love it with granola. I love it with cereal. So versatile, so proteiny, healthy fats. Sweet. And all that calcium you need for your bones. For now. My bones. I know. I'm eating so much yogurt right now. You gotta heal my bone. I love it. Do you like all yogurt or are you Greek yogurt or Icelandic yogurt or regular yogurt? Australian yogurt. There's so many different <laughs> the yogurt aisle is insane these I know, days, it is isn't insane. it? I don't think I like Greek yogurt. However, at Colby, there's this 
there's this yogurt it's called plain yogurt I don't know what plain means but my favorite thing is after dinner like getting a big old bowl of plain yogurt and putting some like Hershey's chocolate sauce on it so good Mwah. oh my gosh Mexican. you would like make it into a dessert right exactly. there's so many things you can do with it there's frozen yogurt yes yogurt is so versatile yogurt. yeah so many things you can do Oh my gosh. Great food. And like you said, like, okay, you think it's sushi, but you're already doing yogurt every day. So I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. So Linz, I'm assuming I know the answer, but you never know. What's your favorite sport to participate in? Running. <laughs> I've tried other sports. I played soccer for six years and then I scored an own goal on my last year and I decided probably not my thing. I gotta be honest, I'm not coordinated. I've always loved running. Too funny. But running, we love that sport here as well. So how about to watch as a spectator? Sometimes that's different. That's hard. I mean, I love watching my teammates run because I love yelling at them and cheering for them, obviously. But yeah. yelling, cheering. <laughs> but mostly yelling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did watch a hockey game at my school a while ago and that was super exciting because it gets aggressive, lots of slamming against the walls, and I loved that. I watched a lot of t-ball games and baseball games growing up for my brothers, but that's not that great, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd probably say running and then maybe hockey. Maybe hockey. Hockey, right. You're a California girl, but now you're transplanted to New England, and so hockey's definitely going to grow on you, for sure. It's a great spectator sport. I've also loved musicals. I used to be a theater kid. And I guess if I like watching dance counts as a sport, I love yeah. watching musicals. Yeah, it absolutely does. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's super fun, too. You know, I feel like there's always this Lindsay Lindsay connection. Like I said this the first time I met you. I was like, <laughs> oh, we kind of look like each other. And like there's certain things about you like musicals. And I'm like, I love musicals, too. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm totally an ex theater kid. My guilty yes. pleasure is listening to like yes. show tunes in the car. <laughs> Yes, me too. Me too. Yeah, I totally did theater growing up. And like, my sister is uh, a drama teacher and did, she made it pretty far. Um, She's a great actress. So that like runs in our family too. And so I love that. That's yep. That's the Lindsay Lindsay connection. So undeniable. (laughs) Undeniable. Last question, Linz, if there is a female athlete out there, whether somebody uh, professional, more famous, or in your life uh, that you want to give a shout out to for being especially fierce, fit, and fueled, who would that be and why? Gotta say, Alexi Pappas. I love her. I was reading her book, Bravey, that ski trip when I reached out to my school psychologist, and her words in that book still inspire me, especially run like a Bravey dream like a sleep like a baby dream like a crazy replace can't with maybe that's my favorite poem of her and sometimes when I'm having a really tough race I kind of remember replace can't with maybe maybe I can do it maybe I can do it and she's just so inspiring her book changed my life and I just love her mindset I love how she's more than a runner she's a filmmaker she's an actress she's a comedian she's super funny she is a famous author now And she's just full of life. She's full of love. And I look up to her so much. 
I love that. She is a great role model. I agree with you. She's fierce, fit, fueled. She's a bravey. And I think it really goes along with your theme of this conversation that we had today, too. Of like, it is great to be a runner. We love that you're competitive. You know, you're awesome at it. And it's great to do that. But there's so much more and finding your purpose beyond that. And I think Alexi Pappas is a great example of that as well. She's she's an amazing athlete. And as she's a person. She's an Olympian. And then she also yes. wrote a book and made multiple movies. Right. Crazy. Right. And she went so. to a liberal arts school. She went to Dartmouth. And I'm like, liberal arts yes. all the way. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So finding your your purpose and your path running is an amazing part of that, but it's not everything, nor is eating. It's an amazing part of that, but it's not everything. And Linz, we are so excited to continue following you and supporting you with your purpose and your path moving forward. We're so proud of all you've accomplished. And thanks for sharing your story with everybody else on the podcast. Of course. I'm happy to. I really hope you enjoyed that episode and thanks for listening. But before I let you go, I have free resources that you can have access to right away, right now, so that you can start fueling your body as a fierce, fit, and fueled female athlete. First, I have your Red S recovery race. If you've ever wondered if you might be struggling with Red S, curious to learn more, or know you have Red S and are looking to recover fast, then you can head to www.riseupnutritionrun.com slash red S and download the red S recovery race. See how you place and figure out the next steps to recovery. Plus while there, I have a few other great resources for you, including three nutrition secrets that every elite athlete swears by and access to our private Facebook community, female athlete nutrition. So again, to gain access to all of this, head to riseupnutritionrun.com slash red S that's backslash R E D S. And you can gain access and get the help you need fast. Too many girls and women and female athletes struggle with nutrition, but you don't have to any longer become fierce, fit and fueled links in the show notes, and I'll see you next time.